Hello, you are listening to This Week in 1916 with Ray McGovern, following the rising as it happened, day by day. Hello, Ray McGovern here with your Bluebell Radio uh, commemoration of the 1916 rising with uh, an almost minute-by-minute account of the rising. You have already heard uh, from Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. We're now in second or the last days of the rising, Thursday the 27th, April 1916. 8.40 hours, the sound of overnight digging in Fairbrothers Field uh, near Cork Street at the back of the South Dublin Union has revealed scores of slit trenches. British soldiers from mixed battalions have now opened fire on the Marrowbone Lane Distillery to its west. The Republican sharpshooters are returning fire. In attack, an attack in force to clear the rebels from this thorn on the British side seems to be building. 10 o'clock. Apparently, Commandant McDonough has received word that the volunteers on the 3rd Battalion holding Westland Road train station are hard pressed. Accordingly, it appears that a sort of bicycle riders from Jacob's factory have been organised to relieve the pressure and deliver needed ammunition. 20 men have just sped away towards. Stevens Green on bicycles, each man carrying a rifle and a revolver. 10.35, Marabone Lane Distillery under infantry attack. An attack in force has just been repulsed from the western flank of Marabone Lane Distillery. Early this morning, several platoons assaulted the position from its west. There was heavy firing as covering fire was laid down to cover the assault. The covering fire seems to serve its purpose as the rebels struggled to reply in kind. When the rebel, uh, when the troops reached the outer wall of the distillery, however, they were met with a barrage of homemade bombs which were hurtled over the wall. Forced to retreat momentarily, they came under fire from the distillery windows, eventually being forced back. The attack has since been called off. 11.30 hours. The bicycle patrol from Jacobs to Western Row has been met with a hail of lead from a Staffordshire battalion positioned around Merrion Square. They are retreating under fire. Western Rose detachment of rebels will have to seek support from elsewhere. 10.45. The bicycle patrol has made Stevens Green on their way back to Jacobs. A machine gun has opened up. One man has been hit. His comrades have come to a halt, firing back at the source of fire. Their comrades from the Citizen Army at the Royal College of Surgeons are also firing in support. The noise in the green once again is deafening. 11.35, British artillery blasting Sackville Street. British 18-pounder field artillery is blasting the block of buildings between Lower Abbey Street and Eden Quay with both high explosive and shrapnel shells. The noise is deafening. Machine gun and rifle fire is constant. To set foot on open ground is to invite a bullet. 11.45, a report from Boland's Mills area. Several British probing attacks have been repulsed along the railway by volunteers under the command of Captain Joe O'Connor. The South Staffordshire Regiment has relieved the Sherwood foresters and their snipers are making the volunteers' lives very difficult. An assault on the railway workshop was repulsed when rebels launched a desperate bayonet charge. Artillery has been used in the area. Unrelenting sniper fire is being aimed at the forecourts 
A vicar's gun has been placed on the roof of Jervis Street. Its sights are now being trained on the dome and the roof of the forecourt's deafening background noise of increasing the intense shellfire. At this point, the rebels might, might, might as well have been shooting fish in a barrel. The Ulster men were desperate to escape, but were decimated. It appears that their enemies allowed them to traverse the barricade, holding their fire until they were well within view before unleashing a torrent of fire and then drove them back to a narrow point at the barricade, desperate to seek cover. 1635, close quarter combat in the Dublin South Union. Just a short time ago, the headquarters of 4th Battalion Irish Volunteers came under a sustained attack by elements from the Sherwood Forest and Royal Irish Regiment. The claustrophobic courtyard surrounding the nurse's home in what's now James's Hospital, where the rebels have set up their HQ, are in complete chaos. The attacking troops have gone to ground, unable to penetrate their enemy's fortified building. Machine gun fire is belching from the Royal Hospital in support of the attack, but it looks like it might not be enough to dislodge the tenacious volunteers. 1642 hours, Cable Street Bridge stormed by Sherwood Foresters, rebel forces cut in two. For the Sherwood Foresters in Dublin City, necessity has come the mother invention. It appears that the lessons learned from the slaughter at Mound Street Bridge yesterday have not been wasted on their sister battalion, the uh, 6th Battalion. Sensing a delege of enemy fire from the forecourts, two armoured cars were brought forward, having been assembled in Inchicore Railway Works by coach-building teams. These improvised armoured vehicles can fit 19 men and transport them in safety using Guinness lorries. As the assault across the bridge progressed, each vehicle was loaded with infantry. Then they leapfrogged from position to position, clearing buildings which stood in their way, before they were followed by infantrymen on foot who came under ferocious fire from the forecourts. Machine gun fire incessantly in the area. Many civilians have been turfed out of their houses by the infantrymen. Back in North King Street, uh, British Army are attacking uh, occupied houses and uh, to get position uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, attack the forecourts. Many civilians have been turfed out of their homes by the infantry. Indeed, uh, 17 were simply executed to make way for the soldiers to take occupation of buildings they seek to occupy. 1840, the destruction of Sackville Street is underway. Buildings are now being blown to pieces. The destruction seems almost systematic. The brief shrieks of incoming shells are followed by ear-shattering bursts, flying metal, concrete and glass. 2006, Capel Street has been secured. It's under British control. A wedge has been driven between the volunteer headquarters and GPO and the 1st Battalion in the forecourts which are being linked by uh, runners and messengers up to that. 2025, rebel leader James Connolly has been hit. The commander general of the Republican forces has been wounded possibly more than once, but details are not clear. Buildings in imminent danger of collapse. Alerted by a runner to the recent British capture of Cable Street, the rebel commander was supervising the position of some volunteer sections in Abbey Street and Pier Street. It is here in the latter that he was wounded. 
As he called towards the sanctuary of his headquarters, some men rushed to his aid and carried him inside the building. According to a source inside, he has been treated by a captured British Army doctor and appears to be in good spirits. Meanwhile, Sackville Street is being pulverised. Rebels will soon need to evacuate uh, the Imperial Hotel and Cleary's department store as the entire block appears uh, in imminent danger of collapsing. 2110, dramatic rescue of trapped lancers. As soon as the Sherwood foresters had secured Capel Street, a mission was launched to rescue the beleaguered lancers who had been trapped in the medical mission next to the four courts since Easter Monday in Chancery Street. An armoured truck fresh from having transported troops across Capel Street Bridge under fierce fire lumbered its way through Charles Street, backed up by supporting fire from the accompanying platoon. The truck came under a deluge of fire but succeeded in its mission. Surrounding rebels subjected the vehicle to a hailstorm of bullets. 2150. Dublin's heart has been torn out of Sackville Street. Hoyt's Oil Works opposite the GPO, Oil Works, has caught fire. It is now resembles a blast furnace. Oil drums are exploding, sending many others flying through the air. These in turn are blowing up as they land or while still airborne, spraying the surrounding buildings with more of the scorching fluid. The seemingly insatiable fires on Lower Sackville Street now have begun to spread as far as North Earl Street and are threatening to completely engulf the Imperial Hotel. The back of the building is burning fiercely and its hard-pressed hard rebel occupants will soon have to evacuate. 23.30, the net is closing. As midnight approaches, the volunteers from Kelly's Fort have retreated from the ruins of their vantage point over looking O'Connor Bridge. That's the building right on the corner of Bachelor's Walk. And together with re rebels from some of the surrounding smaller outposts, including those on Henry Street, are filtering into the GPO. As they hurry inside, they are being greeted with scenes of panic and chaos. The headquarters is under a sustained artillery assault and is now in serious peril. Volunteers all around them are rushing to its huge basement, carrying homemade cluster bombs, seeking shelter from the rain of sparks and oily flames now cascading through the numerous holes in its roofs. Luckily, all inside picked up and changed the wind, picked up and changed direct direction, averting a potential disaster and allowing a brief collective sigh of relief from the torrential shower of burning embers. This relief was short-lived, as just across the road the beckon ends for the positions in Cleary's and the Imperial. The interiors of both buildings are burning with such intense heat that the pavement outside is being showered with molten glass. This will be a long and exhausting night. No respite will be allowed as the machine guns blaze relentlessly ahead and artillery deafens as the net closes in on the rebellion.